Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the church, campus locations, service times, and more, visit ecoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram, at ecoegt. Now let's repair our hearts as we go into the message. Man, hey, take your Bible and turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter 5. Today, you received your sermon notes when you came in, and you'll notice the title, Look What God Has Done. And I think it's important every so often to go what, back to what I call the bread and butter, what we all need to be reminded of, what God has done for us. I'm reading out the New Living Translation, and let's begin reading in verse 1. Paul says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Can you say, thank you, Lord? And because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. We confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Now allow me to read these verses out of the Old English, the King James. It may be familiar to some of you. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And we all said amen at the reading of God's word. You know, I love this passage and if you read down a little bit further, it describes the blessings of the sacrifice of Christ. That is the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And as you read chapter 5 of the book of Romans, you see some of the blessings that we have because of Jesus. We've been made right in God's sight by faith. We have peace with God. We're placed in a situation of undeserved privilege. We, we confidently and joyfully look forward. Christ came at just the right time. How many are thankful for the plan of God and the purpose of God? We're, we, we've been saved from God's condemnation. And our, our friendship with God was restored. You've been brought into relationship with God himself. And we rejoice in that wonderful new relationship we have with God in Christ Jesus. Now, in these verses, there are terms, words, or phrases that stand out, which, which I believe is very important in our Christian walk. It's important for us to have a, a concept of some of these, what I call the bread and butter, the, the basics, the, the staple of our faith. The Apostle Paul is declaring some wonderful truths and statements that are, that are powerful and liberating to the understanding mind. When you understand these things, you begin to, 
realize the freedom you really have in Christ. He is declaring the status of those who have believed the truth of the gospel. Now, I think in order to really understand chapter 5, you have to know the context. In order to get the context, you have to back up a few verses to chapter 4. And let me begin reading in verse 20. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this, he brought glory to God. Now, notice what the scripture says. He says he didn't waver, but as time progressed, he grew stronger in his faith. And this brought glory to the Lord. He was fully convinced that God was able to do whatever he promised. Faith is being fully convinced, the evidence of things not seen, the hope of glory, amen? Amen. So so being able, convinced that God is able to do what he's promised. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. Wasn't because of his works, wasn't because of his his just, just wonderful, wonderful lifestyle. It was his faith. Because even as the years grew by, it says he became stronger and stronger in faith. And he did not waver from believing God. And that brought glory to God. Can I tell you what brings glory to God? is when you trust him. What brings glory to God is when when you have faith, when everything around you is saying give up and quit, but you keep showing up. Let me tell you what brings glory to God. It is when you believe his promises. So Paul is declaring it was Abraham's faith, faith in God, faith in the promise that God declared him righteous. And Paul goes on to say it was recorded for our benefit, not just for Abraham, but for your benefit so that you would understand what faith does. You will understand what happens when you truly place your all in Christ. So notice in your notes, the first thing we're going to talk about is you're made right. Verse 1 says, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith. So faith has done something. It's made you right. I want to take you to an old English word. Write this word, justified. The King James uses that word, justified. The the Greek uses a word meaning to, to absolve, to set free from an obligation or the consequences of guilt. Notice what happens. By faith, you're made right. You've been cleared of the consequences of guilt. It means to remit a sin by absolution. The the synonym is escopate, to absolve. To justify carries the idea of to judge, to regard, or treat as righteous and worthy of salvation. So you've been made right in God's sight by faith. Other words, you've been treated as righteous by God because you believe the promise of the gospel. 
And it is this, that Jesus died, was buried, yea, is risen again. By your faith in the gospel of Christ, you have been justified. The actual Greek word means the act of clearing someone of transgression, to acquit, to set free, to remove guilt. So, you've been justified your guilt has been removed, you've been acquitted, and it's all because of your faith. Acts 13, verse 38 says, brothers, listen, we are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. Now notice verse 39, everyone who believes in him is made right in God's sight. That is justified, something the law of Moses could never do. See, the law revealed your sin. The law reveals that God is holy, and guess what? We are not. So the priest would have to offer a sacrifice every year to at least cover the sin, but it could not remove the sin. But Jesus came to offer that once and for all sacrifice in order that the sin might be removed and you might be acquitted and cleared of all charges. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm justified. Now say it with a little bit of uh, pride. Come on, I'm justified. I'm cleared. I'm acquitted. <laughs> Quit bringing my past up. Quit bringing up my mistakes from five years ago, ten years ago. Why? Because you are justified. The great truth, the sin we committed, the separation, the offense has all been removed. When we believe, when we accept the truth of the gospel, we've been declared righteous and then treated as such. Righteous. Write this under B. See yourself. See yourself as righteous. See yourself as acquitted. See yourself as cleared of all charges. Now, Paul already dealt with this. Some of you are thinking, well, don't, don't tell them that, preacher, because they're going to keep on living in sin. They're going to keep on doing. They're just going to keep on doing that, that old lifestyle. No, the love of God is not in you if you keep doing that. Listen to what Paul says. Paul says, hey, hey we're sin." is present, grace abounds. So, so should I keep on sinning, that grace should keep on abounding. He said, God forbid, no, you're missing the point. See, when you believe in Christ, you've been acquitted, cleared of all charges, and now you're made right in God's sight, and as a response to that, you should seek to live according to his truth, according to his word. How many are thankful today that you have been justified? Now, see yourself as acquitted. See yourself. Quit walking around with a guilt complex. Quit walking around thinking the Godhead is angry at you and they're going to pay you back. Quit thinking that what you're going through is because of something you did in your former lifestyle. Hear me today. Yes, there are crosses we bear. There are crops that we walk through. But God is mercy and his faithfulness endures to all generations. Aren't you thankful for these things? So when this truth is realized and appropriated to one's life, there's a freedom that comes along with it. 
You remember the words of Jesus? John records them in his eighth chapter of his gospel. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth. Some believe that, that the meaning of this, and as you study it, the theologians believe in direct proportion to the truth you understand, there is a liberty in direct proportion to that. There's a freedom. So the more you walk in the truth of God, the more you have understanding of the truth of God, the more of his freedom you're walking in and appropriating to your life. How many want to, to have even more freedom of God's grace in your life? Can you say amen? amen? So let's get to the second point. It says we've been made right, meaning justified, in God's sight by faith. Now he says we have peace with God because of what our Lord has done for us. Not because what you did, not because what you do, but because of what Christ has done. I need you to see that connection. You have peace with God because of what Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Now, write this old English word, this old word propitiation it's a tough one propitiation I, I spelled it out for you and it's actually a word that is used in the Greek Paul uses it in Romans 3 verse 25 the King James catches this word Romans 3 verse 25 says whom God had set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. Who is he talking about? God has set forth, talking about Jesus, whom God has set forth as a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. See, this old English word propitiation properly signifies the removal of wrath by the offering of a gift. The wrath of God that's against sin, the wrath of God that judges sin had to be dealt with, and in order for it to be dealt with, Jesus, the Word, left heaven and was born in flesh. He became our propitiation he carried out the holy requirements of the law, and now it is fulfilled in Christ Jesus. You can have peace with God today because your sins have been propitiated, the wrath has been dealt with, and now you have peace with God the Father. If you were here last weekend, last Friday night in our worship conference, Nathan Finocchio on Friday night spoke about the holiness of God uh, and how, how God's a consuming uh, fire and how the holiness of God is also compatible with the love of God. But you can't have the love of God without the holiness of God. So, so it had to be satisfied. And the only way that the holiness of God could be satisfied is if the Son of God came and bore our sins. But because he went to the cross, yea, was risen from the dead. Now you have been justified and you have peace with God. Wow. You don't have to worry 
about being judged because of your sin. Because of your faith in Christ, your sin has already been judged. Can you say amen? Write this word favor. Now you're placed in a position of favor. The just requirements of the law have been fulfilled. Now you can enjoy the favor of God. Because we believe and accept that Jesus' blood has been shed, sacrificing his life for us, we're no longer in a hostile situation with God. We're at peace with our creator. We're at peace with our God. We're at peace with our judge. In Romans 5.1, the basic feature of the Greek concept, peace, which that Greek word is Irene, is that the word does not properly denote a relationship between several people or an attitude, but a, but a state, a time of peace, a state of peace. Guess what? You are in a state of peace with God the moment you accept God's gift into your life. The moment you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Because we're no longer at odds. Because we've been made right and things have been made straight. We've been justified, brought into alignment. Now we can look at our Father as a willing provider, as a willing protector, as a willing sustainer and defender, as a willing Father to help us in our time of need. So God looks at you with favor. God looks at you with delight, with great pleasure. You literally are the apple of his eye. Now, I don't know about you, but... Mm, that gives you reason to rejoice a little bit. That gives you reason to think, thank you, Lord. That gives you reason to get a little bit excited because you've been acquitted, cleared of all charges, but not just dismissed from court. Now you have peace with God. He didn't just acquit you and say, go on about your business. I don't want to see you again. He said, no, 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 no. You have peace with me yeah. now, which brings us to our third point. It means you have access. Look at verse 2. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. Undeserved. I, I, I can't earn it. I don't deserve it. And church, I want to remind you, none of us want what we deserve. We want mercy. We want grace. Amen. Let me read this out of the Old English, the King James. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. We have access. Being justified by faith, we now have peace with God. Because we have peace with God, we now have access into this grace. I want to go a little step further. I want to read this out of a paraphrase, out of the, the message they're going to put it up on the screen, and I want us to read this very slowly because I want you to see it. Romans 5, 2 out of the message. And that's not all. We throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that he has already thrown open his door to us. Do you see that? Hey, hey, by faith, 
we open ourselves up to God only to discover his door for us has already been opened. Man, that's powerful. Now listen to what, it, to what it says. We find ourselves standing where we always hoped that we might stand. We dreamed about being acquitted. We dreamed about having our conscience clear. We, clean, we, we dreamed about having no guilt, but we thought it was impossible. But we discovered that when you accept Jesus, you accept the gospel, you believe that God's door has already been wide open. And then you find yourself standing where you had already always hoped to be standing. That place of victory, that place of glory. Wow, what a powerful, powerful thought. Out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, I love this part, standing t tall and shouting our praise. Woo, get the Holy Ghost two-step, amen. Somebody said, Pastor, I like it when you do that little two-step. I can't do it by choice. It just happens sometimes. Because I find that I'm standing tall I'm standing tall and shouting praise to God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm cleared. I'm acquitted. Charges have been dismissed. And he didn't say, get out of here. Let me never see you again. He says, no, you've got peace with me. That relationship has been restored. So now I have access. I've got what I've always hoped for. I've gotten what I always needed. I have access to the throne room of the Father. Somebody give God praise. Mm, write this, write the word introduced. Introduced. Because here in the original, the Greek, we have the concept of being introduced to gain access. An intermediary in the court of law. In biblical times, introduced suppliance and guaranteed their genuineness. Somebody represented them and said, I can vouch for them. I know them. When they say they're sorry, they really mean it. I got a phone call this week, yesterday, no, Friday. A local pastor, I'm the presser for the area, and he's calling and said, hey, Brother Gary, I'm going to be at the meeting next week. I've got a friend who's moved down. He started a church. And he wants to come into the assemblies of God. He says, I know him and I can vouch for him. And not only can I vouch for him, but he's from New England where I had pastored. And I know other men and women, other ministers that know him and they vouch for him. Do you know what that did for me? That said, hey, if you say he's a good guy, he's a good guy. You introduced him, so now... The way is paved because somebody that knew him introduced him and it made me say, yes, we can make this happen. Even before I've ever met the individual, even before I've ever laid my eyes on them, why? 
because somebody introduced him that I already knew. I knew their character. I knew who they were. And I knew if they put their name on him, then they were just as good as he. Can I remind you that we have one who's introduced us to the king. He's introduced us to God. And he says, I know them. I vouch for them. I stand beside them. And he's none other than Jesus Christ, the righteous judge. He's none other than my big brother. He's none other than Yeshua, the one who takes away the sins of the world. It means you've been introduced. And there's no greater person to introduce you than the Alpha and the Omega. The first, the last, the beginning, the end. There's no one better to introduce you than the Ancient of Days. The Word who spoke the worlds into existence. And the writer of Hebrews says, He upholds all things by the power of His spoken Word. The Word tells us that He's at the right hand of the Father interceding for you at this very moment. He's introducing you every day. He's presenting you Father, they're covered by the blood. Father, they've been acquitted. Father, they're justified. Father, they belong to the kingdom. Woo! Now, I know it's a holiday weekend and some of you tired. And you're thinking about the beach tomorrow. You're thinking about Disney World later. But let me tell you what right now is time for. To give him praise. To give him thanks. Somebody's going to make a little bit of noise in this place. Listen to what Paul said. Paul says this in Ephesians 2, 18. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. All of us can come to the Father. No matter ethnicities, no matter economic stratuses, no matter where you are in life, no matter what country. Word of God's from every tribe, every tongue, every kindred, every nation. We can come to him because of what Christ has done. Done. Can somebody give him praise? Hey, write this word. Write the word door. Write the word door. It's the last fill in the blank. A door talks about access. In John's Gospel, chapter 10, it's a great chapter. John is writing. He's recording the words of Jesus. And in chapter 10, John records the words of Christ where he says, I am the door. Now, how do you gain access to a structure or a house? Well, normal people go through the door. I had to qualify that. Jesus is the doorway. He's the door into the presence of God. I love this passage, verses 7 through 9 of John chapter 10. I've brought it out on several occasions, but I think it's important to bring out again. Recording the words of Christ, verse 9 says, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be Saved, I love this next phrase, and shall go in and out and find pasture. He shall go in and out. There's freedom. 
There's freedom of movement. There's nothing more important to sheep than pasture. Nothing more important to sheep than going through the right door. The door that leads them into the green pastures. And notice the freedom of movement that Jesus gave, the illustration. He says, you'll go in and out. And to me, that speaks of the freedom that we have in Christ. No longer restricted by our past. No longer restricted by condemnation and guilt. No longer restricted by old, broken relationships. But we're free in Christ Jesus. This is what he offers to us. All you have to do is have faith. Believe. All you have to do is call on his name. In that moment, you call on his name in faith. Guess what? You'll be justified, cleared, acquitted of all charges. At that moment, you'll have, you'll have peace, peace with God. The propitiation of his sacrifice will be applied to your life. And you'll have access where you can come and realize the door has always been wide open. <laughs> and you can come. And you can realize that what you always hoped for is not a reality in your life. The grace of God being manifested in your life. Let's bow our heads in prayer just for a moment. I'm going to give you opportunity to worship and sing and praise the Lord for all that he's done. But before, I want to make sure that you've made a public confession of Jesus Christ being your Lord. Maybe you drifted away. Maybe you've been living according to the world. And maybe you realize the Holy Spirit's been tugging on your heart. And today you want to come home. Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I want to come home. Maybe you've drifted away and you want to come home to God. Maybe you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. He's given you eternal life. He's offering you the gift of peace and eternal life. Real quickly, if that is you, just lift your hand up toward heaven. Just for a moment, I'm going to pray with you. Yes, God. Yes, God. Work and move in our life. Maybe you've been drifting away from God. Maybe you've, you've gone away. Maybe you've fallen away from the church. Maybe you've fallen away out of spiritual relationship. Today, you want to come home. Today, you just want to declare, yes, he's my Savior. Yes, he's my Lord. Just lift your hand toward heaven right now. God's going to touch you. God's going to manifest his glory. Now, church, I want you to stand where you are. I've asked the worship team to lead us into some praise, lead us into worship. That second song we sang today talked about gone. Our sins are gone. Now we're called the righteousness of God. So I want us to rejoice. I want you to step out where you are. I want you to come down front as we spend a few moments worshiping the King. Will you come now? Let's come and give our lives.